BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. We'll tell you about the rest of our network and get to our episode in a second. But first, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of our podcast and the network, and that is AutoNation. If you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle, AutoNation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast. They're friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida. will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs. Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much, much more. And if you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-price pre-owned vehicles, clearly marked with one price, their lowest price guaranteed. Want to get rid of that old car? Turn it into cash today. Get a top-dollar offer and a check the very same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. And here's the thing. If you're in the market for a new car or a lease, just DM me. That's at 5 Reasons Sports, the number 5 Reasons Sports. I will give an AutoNation senior manager your information. Just did this with a couple people this week so they can reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying process. So free friendly, send a DM. And now the episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with Alf Sydney, Alf954. And look, we are about three weeks from training camp. Um, training camp is starting. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to give away the date, but <laughs> it's when the calendar turns to the next month. And so we're going to be there. And Alf and I are both going to be there. Probably Alex Toledo will be there as well. We'll have others, maybe even Chris Maddox. Uh, and some of the others in our network will be checking it out, some of the guys from Sink Arizona's. And we desperately need it, Alf, because – Football season's over already, and uh, that took two weeks. And uh, College always, and NFL. College and NFL. As we're doing this podcast, we do want you to listen to all the other great podcasts in our network, particularly the football podcast, because Seth Levitt gets really angry at me if I don't say this. Not that he's going to listen to this episode because he hates my perspective on this particular subject. But uh, you want to listen to The Fish Tank. They did an episode with Kim Camper that's pretty fantastic today. Also, of course, Three Yards Per Carry. Uh, basically... If you go to three yards per carry, you've got to skip. I go back and listen to the rest of life, but you've got to skip to the 28-minute mark because we've had some great rants in our network. Uh, I don't know who the best ranter is. I don't know if it's you, Alf. I don't know if it's Chris Joseph on political matters, or I don't know if it's Chris Kaufman, C.K. Parrott on the Dolphins because his rant about 28 minutes in was epic. You have to listen to it. It's about <laughs> 90 seconds long. I told Alf to pull CK. it out separately. The other Alf. C.K., CK yeah. is good. He is he, good, man. 
he's really good, but he's also pretty mild mannered. Like he's not like you or Chris Joseph, but like this just got him this 59 to 10 obliteration at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, the, the Patriots are coming in this week. Now we expected this. They're, they're trying to tank. We did not expect the Hurricanes, a team that you have affection for, and make sure to check out Five Rings Canes. Josh Darrow had Andrew Ivins and David Lake this week. Uh, Dono and, uh, you know, Dono will be doing his own episode here a little bit later in the week. We did not expect the Canes to start 0-2. And so basically, no. football season is over. I mean, the Canes are going to win their next two because they're playing a couple patsies, Bethune-Cookman and Western or Southeastern or something, Michigan. But then after that um, – you know, they're going to have to pretty much run the table in the ACC to be compelling to anybody. They don't have much left on their schedule. And the Dolphins are going for 0-16. So we are right back where we've been, which is that the Miami Heat are saving the sorry asses of all the other teams in this town. as they've been the doing Panthers? The Panthers the are still here. Well, I can't, I can't man. I, and we just, we just brought in a bunch of new Panther riders, and I'm a hockey guy at heart, which a lot of people don't know. But I, I, I like what either – I like the roster. I like the changes. But – I don't believe in any of it because I've heard about this since 1996, like every year, like Pavel Bure, Ray Whitney. <laughs> okay. Now we, you know, now we got Luongo back. Now we've got Barkov. We've got Huberdo. We've got all these kids. We're going to be great. We missed the playoffs. Uh, I, you know, they're always like three well, points in, out. In, in six years, the Marlins will be good enough to almost make the playoffs and then they'll sell all their best players. So we have, look, you have, you have that to look forward to. So don't worry. Right. So we are back where we've always been covering the only team that matters here and they're going to yep. matter they're, the only they're, star the only star in town the only well I, okay i don't know don't give me a pan i don't do this with the panthers but don't tell i know i know they have some very good players i don't know any of their names because i could give a <laughs> shit about hockey i really could but um or i couldn't give i never know i could give a shit or i couldn't give a shit either way no, could you could it, 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 you couldn't. It's you couldn't. I couldn't give a shit about hockey. And so you're going to start telling me some Barkovs and some other stuff that it, nobody it, cares it, about. It's not Barco. It's Barkov. But I, I do think if you and I walked through Sawgrass Mills Ball and, and Sasha Barkov uh, did also, there's a better chance of us getting recognized. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, – I mean, that for, I, I just – it's – and that's across the street. Dwayne Wade need was, – was it Barkov he needed in the head last year? Yeah, he ran over him on the uh, – yeah, he was going for – And 95% of people just thought he ran over a random fan. Right. But, like, right. most people did not know that that was a, the best Panther player. So, yeah, I know, I know what you're going to say. I know you're going to say that the Panthers have some stars. They may have star, uh, hockey stars. They don't have South Florida stars, which is sad. It is sad, and it's been sad for a long time, and it's been pretty much that way since Burray, I think. Um, I mean, that, you know, I mean, Barkov's the best player they've had since Beret and Yager, but Yager was 87 years old, even though he was sleeping with 18 year olds, um, you know, when he, when he came down here. So I, I just, yeah, we're back with the heat. And so that's why we're going to do, this is a long opening for us, but that's why we're going to do this topic today, which is why the heat don't tank. Because I think we have to put into context what the Dolphins and to a lesser degree, although nobody cares, the Marlins are doing. And put it in the context of what the one successful team in this town has done. And I, th and I know people are all over our buddy Barry Jackson right now, right? Um, Barry is the best. Barry's emotional about this, man. It's the most emotional I've seen Barry about anything. In no, I, I agree with you. And I've known Barry for over 20 years. And, and he is incredibly dismayed about this. He was very upset about the Marlins rebuilds. But he's, he's incredibly upset about what the Dolphins are doing. 
And, and I think he's gone a little over the edge on this. I mean, even some of our guys who really admire him, like all our guys from Ballscast, Chris Joseph and Smoot and Kevin Mayer, have been kind of going at him on Twitter a little bit because Barry might be going overboard. But Barry's making a good point. And he's made a couple good points. The one good point he made was that you only have to tank if you're incompetent. Yeah. Tanking comes from incompetence. It is basically we cannot do it the regular way. We've tried. And we failed. And so now we're going to game the system and we're going to try to basically take advantage of whatever loopholes there may be, whatever socialist, socialist system that our, our organization, well, all these owners, all these free market owners, right, who don't pay taxes, all of them, you know, they, lo- they love this socialism, right, in sports, right? And so basically, if you go to the bottom, we're going to help you get closer to the top by being as bad as you possibly can be. And so I don't even want to get into Marlins because it's a separate subject. Let's, let's talk separate subject. Let's talk about the Dolphins. So the Dolphins basically went through years and years and years and years and years and years and years of incompetence under both H. Wayne Huizenga and Steve Ross. It's been two owners. Both of them tried. Both of them have tried different things. I mean, you know, Wayne brought in. They spent money. They've spent money. Wayne brought in Saban. Okay, you look at the hottest coaching candidates at the time. Wayne brought in Jimmy Johnson. He brought in Saban. He brought in Parcells to run his organization. Okay, all three of those guys are Hall of Famers in their own way, and all of them flopped here. Jimmy flopped with the Dolphins. I mean, you know, not, not – He thought Parcells was going to be his Riley. That's what he thought. He thought Parcells could be his Riley. But the big difference between Parcells and Riley was Riley came down here to build something and stay. Parcells came down here to play the ponies and ride the golf cart. I mean, it, it's just it – they were different places. And also, Bill was never what Pat was. And so I, that comparison, I understood why people made it. But Bill was not in, 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 in his league. Uh, he in wasn't, of- but that, I think that's what Ross thought he was getting. No, Heisinger thought he was getting. Heisinger. Parcell, I, thought, I right, think that's what Par- thought he was getting. Because the team was, was sold, sold to Ross, and Parcells took one look at Ross and said, get me the hell out of here, and I'm taking my money. And that's basically what he did. Parcells and, came out here to retire, man, and nothing else. That's right. And Ross, okay, has made a series of bungling moves. I mean, why he hired Mike Tannenbaum after what happened with the Jets, I have no idea. How he could have sat down with Joe Philbin and thought that that milquetoast guy was the right guy to lead his franchise. I mean, he's made some idiotic moves, okay? But so this is born out of incompetence that the Dolphins have had to do that. But the second point that Barry's made, and this is why we're tying it back to the Heat, this is a Heat pod now, is that Pat Riley and the Heat have always felt that it is not fair to their fans to do that. It is not fair to their fans. The fans who pay for the tickets, these Dolphins fans are locked into season tickets now. Everybody assumes that, that they, all of them knew what the Dolphins' strategy was. But that assumes that everybody's on Twitter all damn day. That's, and that, that is, is, the, that is a, the point that I've been trying to make, and you just made it for me. Not everybody is on Twitter. Not everybody deep dives into this crap 24 mm-hmm. hours a day. Some guys, some people, some men, some women, some families just want an escape on Sundays, and they don't right. want to see 59 and 10. Right. And so I, I just think that you know what's happened here is that a lot of fans are going out there and they feel like they've been duped. And then you have like, you know, the, the Twitter junkies like, you know, on there. Well, how are you so stupid? You know what was happening? They're not following the freaking salary cap. They're just showing up. Like you said, they get an escape on Sunday. They're spending a God awful amount of money and they get out there and they watch a team. That's not only, I mean, you know, undermanned. Okay. But incompetent in every conceivable way on Sunday. And I was there. I mean, I, I was, at, I was at the stadium in the press box. And so the point that Barry was making 
was that the Heat would never do this to their fans, all right? They, would, they have felt the need to field a competitive product. But I want to go a little bit deeper on this and why they don't tank and the years that they did tank, because I've talked about this on some podcasts, Alf, but not, again, not everybody listens to every podcast. So let's go through it a little bit. Since Pat Riley came in from the Knicks, uh, the Heat have only tanked, in my view, one and a half seasons. Mm-hmm. And only one of them was semi-intentional. So if you go through the first years that he was here, what's the first thing he does? Has a team that has some talent on it, not good enough, the right out. It doesn't have a cornerstone piece. So he goes out and trades his best player, Glenn Rice, and he brings in Alonzo Mourning, and that leads to four to five years of real competitiveness. All right, I, after the Hardaway wins, move, the Mashburn move. seasons. Right. They don't get over the hump, but they were a number one seed. They kept losing to the Knicks, but he kept trying. And then what does he do? Instead of breaking it down completely – he goes in and he makes a trade, you know, of core pieces, PJ Brown, Jamal Mashburn, to bring in Brian Grant, Eddie Jones, Anthony Mason. So gets sick, doesn't really work out. Okay, so then you're in, but they still made the playoffs. Then you're in two you get 2001, 2002. That is the first season that if you talk to people who've been with the Heat a long time, they will tell you that they kind of tanked. Now they were they wanted to see how things went, but if you remember that year, Zoe got sick before the year for the second time. And so here's your cornerstone piece, and it just wasn't going to work out. And so they brought in a bunch of guys. Remember Kendall Gill, Travis Best, mm-hmm. Jimmy Jackson, you know, had a couple game winners here. Cedric Sabalos eating Cheetos in the locker room before the game. <laughs> I remember like, Jim, Jimmy Jackson with the game winners. That was uh... – Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy had some moments here. But they, they, were, but they were not awful. I mean, they were not, like, worse than the league. They ended up, if you remember, ending up with the 10th pick which they took Karan Butler. And then you can make an argument they tanked that next year, but they didn't really tank it. I mean, they were trying in 2002, 2003, but they, I mean, they didn't have anything on the team. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't an intentional thing. It was, okay, we've got this new core piece in Karan that slipped to us. We're going to kind of see where this goes. The only time they sort of tanked or they tried to tank was the last game of the season in Toronto and in 2003, and I remember I wrote a column saying they should tank that night, and they would tank that night, and I got a call from the Heat saying, what the hell are you talking about? And of course, they were trying to tank that night, but they accidentally won the game. That was, I mean, they can't even, they can't, and, that, and that gets back to the core point of this, Elf, is that I've been told by more than one high-level person in that organization, we can't tank because we don't know how to do it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> the sustained losing just isn't part of their DNA, and you no. want to and I know you don't like the word culture, but just they're, the DNA, like whoever they put out there, like Spolster, like now that it's Spolster, before when it was Riley, whether it was Van Gundy, they can't go out there and coach their guys to lose. They're not going to sit guys, you know, they, they may sit guys at the beginning of the game and they're just out, but the guy, the, if they're going to put eight guys on the floor, they're going to coach the hell out of those eight guys. Like, remember the, the, the Zorn Drogic like thirty point game when they were trying to lose the last game of the season. Right, a Beasley like, was going off. We we talk, we remember Eddie we, House. <laughs> right, I mean they can't they can't do it. It's like it's like you said, and it's not. Look, tanking is an organizational thing. It's not a player coach thing typically. It's it's organization puts a team in position to lose because it undermans the team. Right. That, I mean that that's the whole strategy beyond it. It's it's it you underman the team. Uh, you know, in terms of personnel moves you make in terms of training players for future picks, but you also undermine the team in terms of maybe sitting a guy a week longer than he needs to, telling him, hey, we don't really need you right now. Okay, get healthy. That's how you undermine a team. Okay, now 
I thought the Dolphins would do that too, like organizationally, but not coaching wise. I'm sorry though. There's one of two options for this coaching staff and I want to give them a chance because they just got here, but like there's one of two options for this Dolphins staff. They either tanked that thing completely on Sunday in every conceivable way from a coaching standpoint. I mean, they got Bobby McCain at five, nine playing free playing <laughs> safety, trying to get up in the box. Okay. Like they've got the new linebacker from the CFL playing a place he never you, played before. Basically got you two- hope, you hope that they tank that game because otherwise they're grossly incompetent. Exactly. Okay. And then if they're grossly incompetent, okay, are they going to get better? Right. I mean, why do they have Mika Fitzpatrick playing 12 positions? Like where he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, okay. The the heat have never done that. We've never done that. Now I didn't think the dolphins would do it either. I didn't think they'd go that far. The other thing the heat have never done is like right before a season obliterated the entire chemistry of the team. Right. And and so. So yeah, we're we're in agreement on this because like, I look at the Heat and the, the times that they have tanked. Like, the Heat have never gone into a season with losing as a strategy. That's my biggest problem, right? To go into a new season, especially like someplace like the NFL where, I mean, things change all the time. Like, parity is the norm in the NFL. Mm-hmm. To go into a season with the strategy to lose, I understand that it's smart, right? But it's like you, like, like you were saying, it's not fair to the fans. Because right. – we when we when because we, we're on Twitter all the time, so we see the all the analytics of why tanking is sp- smart and why it's the best path, right? But most people aren't on Twitter. Like fourteen percent of the population is on Twitter, and so, most of them are not on all day. Our people are on all day. Like, <laughs> and it's not even just that. Our people don't even they're not season ticket holders. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Right, right. The, the, right. Or they don't even live in town. Like, I mean, most of the guys in the network that I have, I can't get them to go to a game. Like, so, no, it, they, it's They want to watch on their couch. And so they're not the fans that the, that the organizations need to be worried about, right? right. So now, now the short-term and long-term, the thing is, the problem is, I understand the long-term play, right? It makes sense. It's actually kind of smart. The problem is, you can't, it's, it's, it's not right for the short term. Like, you do have to think about the short-term fans that show up every day. The people in that 400 section in the Heat building are the best fans in the NBA. Like, that place, no matter what is going on in the season, is completely full. It's lit. People are going crazy. I know we get a bad rap because the 100 level is not there because they're in the doer's lounge having a great time. But that 400 level is packed every single game. 
you cannot put a substandard product out there on the floor for those guys, right? Now, 2007, 2008, when in, the injury bug bit the team, Shaq had enough. His attitude was out of control. The team was just floundering. I think that fans who are watching the product can understand, like, hey, okay, it's time to, you know, let's just clear the decks and let's, let's start over next season. But to go into a season with that mentality, I just – I don't feel like it's right. I just I, – I don't care how smart it is. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's right and there, there's right, there's wrong, and there's smart. I understand all that, but what's right for the fans is not just that mentality of going into a season, losing as much as possible for the hopes of drafting the next superstar quarterback. It's just not the right thing to me. Well, what you mentioned is that they didn't go into that season in 07, 08 with a plan to tank. Uh, they, they, it, 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 the season tanked on them. And it, whether you said it was Shaq, okay, Udonis got hurt. Of course, Dwayne getting hurt was the big thing. And then it was this pipeline of Kasib Powells and Blake Ahearns from the, from the D-League right, which was what it was called at the time. So they didn't go into that year thinking that that, that was going to be 15 wins. Uh, and I think but Pat disappeared, right, like for part of the season. It was a scouting <laughs> Pat started trip. scouting. In the- right, he, he started scouting. <laughs> like, 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 you know, stuck Ronnie with it. I mean, like, but they, they didn't go into the year with that intention. And, and also, if they ever did anything like this, they would explain it better than the Dolphins have. And, and this is another part of my problem with this. The Marlins have done a far better job of explaining what it is they're trying to accomplish than the Dolphins have. And I know we've got fans on Twitter say, well, what do you think the Dolphins are trying to accomplish? Trying to get up as high in the draft as they can to get to it. I get it. But some of the things that have been done lately, like the idea to me that Chris Greer, the general manager of the Dolphins, who has just survived like five nuclear holocausts in that organization, okay, the last 20 years, just like Mike Hill has with the Marlins, frankly. Um, but the fact that, that Chris Greer has not been out there taking the bullets on this and has stuck his head coach out there. And Ross hasn't spoken since March. All right. So, again, parallels with the Heat. I don't know that Mickey would talk about it publicly. But Pat would be out there. Maybe it would be some video that they put out through J- our buddy Jay Jacks, okay, through the website. Or there'd be something at halftime. There'd be something explained. And some of the stuff Pat has explained lately hasn't gone over quite so well but at least he would make an attempt to do it, right? <laughs> and and I, I just feel like looking at what the Dolphins have done, they've got this new head coach who's come from New England, all right, just basically, you know, helped him win a Super Bowl in New England, has no head coaching experience, hasn't even really been a coach that long. He was over on the personnel side. You bring him into this situation, you're putting him up in front of the media every day. He's learning to get comfortable with the media. And now he's got no protection from his general manager. The, the Heat would not do this, and, and he's not the one making the decisions, most of them. The Heat would not do this to Eric Spolstra, and Eric never. Spolstra – Never. And, and Spoke could handle it because he's been with the organization since 1932, right? And he's been the head coach since 1960. I just aged him a little bit. He's been here for freaking ever. And so Spo knows how to handle these situations or say that's a Pat decision or whatever and defer it to Pat. And then everybody asks for Pat and is told, no, Pat's not available. And that's the end of it. Okay. But, but I think at some point Pat would speak to it. Okay. It might not be exactly the way the media would want it in a press conference where Pat's opining for 40 minutes, but it might be at some charity event, right. Or it might be something groundbreaking somewhere. It would be addressed. They're hiding. They're hiding. Exactly. And, like I remember even in the uh, 08, 09, and 09, 10 season, season, like I remember the interview with Pat Riley where he was basically 
almost apologizing for a playoff team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. And telling you, get ready for 2010 because we have something big coming. He was apologizing for a playoff team. Now you can't, you can't even get anybody on the Dolphins outside of the head coach to, on camera to tell you what's going on. Why, did, why have you cleared the decks like this? And, I, every, and like, like we're saying, now the people on Twitter who are, who are all involved in this crap, we, they know. But the, maybe the average fan either knows and wants an explanation or doesn't know at all and has no idea what they're watching on the field. And it's almost like the Dolphins think their fans are stupid. Well, they would. Ha- Let's be honest. I mean, it's I hubris. Mean, it's it's hubris, but it's hubris that the Dolphins had for years and years and years, which is one of the reasons why, in my view, I apologize to the Dolphins podcasters in our network. But in my view, the Heat passed the Dolphins a long time ago in this town, and I I, I hear this same story all the time about if the Dolphins won a Super Bowl or got to a Super Bowl, it would be a bigger deal than the Heat winning a championship. Of course, it would. The Heat have won three titles already. They've, we've experienced that. We've had that parade, right? Like, okay, three times, right? The, the Dolphins have not won a playoff game since Lamar Smith ran for 209 yards after the 2000 season. 20 years. Like, yes, it would mean more to people. Yes, a lot of people would be football fans by then, although I think the general culture is twisted a little more towards basketball. Just, I'm not talking about just Florida. I think generally the NBA has made strides on the NBA, on the NFL in the past 20 years. But in this town, and I've said this all the time, look around this town and look at license plates on cars. Okay, yes. Look, Every look black at license plate. Has a, has somebody have a heat license plate. Right. Okay. And they don't have Dolphins plates. Look at the jerseys. Now, I know people prefer wearing basketball jerseys than, than to Dolphins jerseys. Okay. They just look better. All right. Because of NBA jerseys. But, like, I don't the NBA the NFL jerseys I saw at the Dolphins game the other day were all guys who played twenty or twenty or more years it's ago. A bunch of Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas jersey. and Dan Marino and the Heat jerseys are all Williams, right. They burn them. Well, yeah, most of the burned them. Then they had to unburn them, and then with, and then they had incense and all that. But yeah, the, the Heat look. They, the, there's a whole demographic in this town that the Dolphins have just missed. Okay, younger. This, this city's gotten more, not the city, but the area's gotten more sort of, you know, the minorities become the majority in a lot of ways. Younger, more ethnic. They're Heat fans. I, I know it because I covered both teams, and I know who my audiences were, and I know the traffic that I would get on both teams, and I know where the traffic would come from. And so the Dolphins have been passed. Now, could they eventually pass the Heat? Yeah, if the Heat had a protracted period of mediocrity, which is kind of what they were entering into, and the Dolphins actually got out of this mess – and built something real and had a player that everybody could, could bond behind. And I know that's what Ross wants to do because Ross can't keep the heat out of his mouth. Like every time it was like, yeah. w- remember when, Le- when LeBron left, it was, oh, they don't have LeBron James anymore. Like, dude, make a playoff game first. Like before <laughs> you start talking shit about an win, organization win that, the that never misses blown, the playoffs. Don't get blown out every time you just, you sniff the playoffs. And you know what? Uh, another thing I was thinking about, and cause I, I wrote a column last year that the Heat should use a nuclear option if things weren't getting any better and to just uh, attach long-term contracts to some of your better – and just clear the decks, right? Because I didn't see – I didn't foresee the Jimmy Butler deal happening. After the Jimmy Butler trade happened, he went to the 76ers. It just felt like the Heat were just stuck in this rut. And I just said, you know, go nuclear. And the only reason I could say that about the Heat – it's because the Heat have built up built up enough goodwill in this town that they could survive one year right. of of clearing the decks because people would would 
trust that they had a plan. The problem right now is I see all these people on, on Twitter and on social media saying, oh, we need the number one pick. Uh, we have all this cap space. Do you trust the Dolphins to do the smart thing? Well, I mean, what I'm being told, okay, by our guys at three yards, particularly Alfredo, is oh, everybody. Yeah. everybody heard all, I, I heard it all before. I, I, I know everybody is new except Chris Greer, but and and that that may be so. But do I trust it in the same way I don't trust the Marlins to get the rebuild right completely? In the same way I don't trust the the Hurricanes to ever be back, even though I like Manny. And the same way I don't trust the Panthers to ever be better than five points out of a playoff spot. It, it, they're certain, they have, organizations have to prove it to you. And the difference with the Heat is they've proven it. So why did I get so angry at them for two years? Because they went against everything that they've done well for the previous 20-plus. It's not because I wanted to bang on the Heat. I mean, everybody's like, okay, now they're like, you're a Heat homer. You're picking up 48 wins. <laughs> I was killing the Heat for two years. Why? Because I, it was expect, out of character. I expect better from them. They don't do that. They don't give long-term money, okay, big money to average players. They, they create average players and let other people pay them, and they go after the stars. And so they got back to their roots this offseason, and I love what they did. I love their offseason. I like the Harrow pick now. I love how they got Jimmy for nothing. I love that they – mostly nothing. I like Josh, but, I mean, come on. Okay, and, and they end up getting uh, – you know, they end up getting rid of Hassan – which to me is five wins in the locker room. And so they did all, accomplish all of this this offseason with nothing. And so if you're to say to me, Alf, if you're to say to me, do you trust the Dolphins with $110 million of cap space and 55 draft picks, or do you trust Pat with his hands behind his back, drowning, okay, in 20 feet of water, who's going to have a better offseason? I'll take Pat because Every I just time. saw I just saw him do it. Like, give, <laughs> give the with, heat, okay? I mean, with no cap space. With no, no cap nothing. space. It's a Houdini act. Like, give the heat the Dolphins' assets right now. Like, you'd be hanging 10 batters. And, and I just want to give you something. I'm not going to say who this is from. I'm not going to say who this is from, okay? But I did, look, I did communicate with somebody with the heat, all right, this, this, as this disaster was um, unfolding on Sunday. All right. And and basically said to the person, please don't ever tank. Please don't don't do this. And the basic sentiment that came back was what people don't realize is the people in the building who have to do this. They have to live it every bleeping day. It is hell every mm -hmm. bleeping day. And I think what gets forgotten about this, OK, is that when you do your spreadsheets right, and I'm all for planning and trying to get the most that you can out of a system and being forward thinking and all of that stuff. But the thing that tanking ignores is that human beings are involved. And yep. what you've seen here that's happened is, and it's the human beings that you're playing games with their careers. And at the same time, and it's also the human beings inside the building who are demoralized. Like, how do you think the Dolphins coaching staff feels today? Like, what did Steve Ross tell them on Monday? what the fuck or great job guys. Like, I don't know. Or both. Right. Like, or don't make it that obvious next time. Like, I don't, I don't know what he, it, it's demoralizing for people inside the building, but it's also demoralizing for the people making the decisions, but it's all, and the scouts and everybody else. And they're seeing, they're putting out all this hard work and they're out there. And then their team is an embarrassment. Like as you and I talk, like I'm sure the dolphins are going to be on all the late night shows this week as a punchline. Like th that's what happens to you. And so, but the other thing that it does, it ignores the, the human element of this, 
And we've seen this with the Dolphins players already with all this talk of mutiny and unhappiness and calling the agents. Because the reality is, and this is particularly true in the NFL with the non-guaranteed contracts, the overwhelming majority of the players who have to go through this tanking are not going to see the end of it anyway, even if they're good. And so there's nothing in it for them. Like, it's great. You guys are going to get Tua. I'm going to be selling insurance. Like, it's not, it's not there, there's no, there's nothing in it for them. And so I think that it's great for Steve Ross to say, well, we've tried everything else and nothing else has worked. And so now we're going to try this and we're going to be really blatantly obvious about it. And I'm not going to explain it. I'm not, my GM is not going to explain it, but it's going to be fine because we're going to get this once in a generation quarterback because it's the only way we can get one because we passed our organization passed on breeze and passed on Matt Ryan and passed on Russell Wilson and passed on Aaron Rodgers and passed on all these guys that were available to us without the number one overall pick or the year we had the number one overall pick. We didn't take the guy in Matt Ryan. Like it's great to say all of that, but it's another thing, Alf, to go through a situation where actual human beings have to be part of this farce. It's it, how do you rebuild the culture? I use the word, Alf. How do you rebuild the culture after that? And that is one of the reasons the Heat don't want to, getting back to the Heat, one of the reasons the Heat don't want to do this and will not do it, I think, under Pat's watch again. It is just, it demoralizes everybody in the building. You never get back up from it. And We've seen the Sixers. Okay, yeah, they got a lot of bites at the apple, and they got two core players out of it. But at what cost? You know, and, and so that's the way that I kind of view it, and that's why I agree with the Heat's philosophy on this. All right, we'll get back to the episode here in a second. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is MyBookie.com. That's MyBookie.com. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course, you would take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why you got to go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. First, I wouldn't be telling you to bet with them unless they're the best. Do the smart thing. Go bet with MyBookie. And here's the other thing. Even if you make a mistake before kickoff or when a basketball game starts, you can go in and bet during the game. Just take the other side. Try to make some of that money back. And if you want to try to make a lot off a little try a parlay if you think you can get a couple of games right all your picks come through you multiply your winning so join now and my bookie will double your first deposit go to my bookie and put in the promo code five that's mybookie.ag mybookie.ag you play you win you get paid all right Ethan Skolnick back here but Alf Sydney is not he tanked the episode I want to hear if he I want to hear if he actually listens all the way to the end of this. No, actually, his computer crashed during the middle of my rant. Sometimes I just talk to, my, talk to myself. So heat training camp coming up in about two and a half weeks. We'll be out there. The Heat are not tanking this season. We think they're a 45 to 48 win team, which in this town will be a lot more wins than anybody else is going to get. And hopefully it turns around for some of the football teams. Check out fivereasonsports.com. Have an announcement related to the Heat and some written content that's coming up this week. Some of your favorites. Uh, will be back with us. So fivereasonsports.com. Make sure you spell it out. And, of course, check out our sponsors, AutoNation, MyBookie.com, uh, Doral Toyota, all of the other great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Talk to you soon.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.